Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a textbook, and I love films. As Lewis Hamilton once said, I'm willing to take any amount of pain to win. I'd sit through all of the Lord of the Rings special editions twice through without sleeping if it meant winning a trophy. And it does in some places, Lewis. It really does. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais, and even Dead Mambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian, Kima Bob. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get 20 minutes extra chat and questions and a secret from Kima and the whole episode uncut and ad free as a video. There's lots more stuff on there as well. Check it all out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. And if you have not yet seen it, you can watch the whole of season one of Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app. Watch it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll love it. You'll feel happy inside. It's a good time. So, Kima Bob. Kima is a hilarious comedian and writer who was one of the writers on Nish Kumar's excellent Hello America show. I was very excited to record this with her. We'd not spent a lot of time together in the past, so it was lovely to spend this time together. And she was an absolute delight. I think you'll love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 122 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by a comedian, a writer, a sketch show maverick, a rapper about Dr. Fauci, a singer, a songwriter, a guilty feminist, a podcaster, a hero, a legend, a writer on the Toilet Nish show, a... A, a stand-up beyond uh, her own lifetime there we will go. be remembered forever. Please welcome Boom. one of the greats to the show. It's the one and only Kima Bob. Wow, wow. I clap for myself. Thank you. Um, there are moments in life where you say, how much does this person respect me? And based mm-hmm. off of that introduction, more than I respect myself. 
phenomenal. Well, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm very grateful hey. to you for doing the show. Thank you for your time. I'm happy to be here. It's exciting. I, I will say, mm-hmm. before we get into it, this was so tough because I think I have like a horrible memory or something. I think I just watch things. Mm-hmm. I let them happen. Like I enjoy them and then I just keep it moving. So this was really kind of like digging into like the vault, you know, like I've always been the kind of person that if you ask me if I have a favorite movie, I'll be like, no, that's what I say. I'd say no. Always with the same uh, timing on the pause, no matter, no matter where or when that question is asked. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because you don't remember any film you've seen or because you don't wish to be tied to any moment in time. You're like Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to move through it, baby. I'm just always flowing. I think yeah. there's some there's some standouts, but for a while uh I never watched a movie more than once. I don't know, because for me, I think uh, movies and shows are Mm -hmm. about escapism to an extent. It's about the story, like, where is this going to take me? Uh, And it took me until fairly recently to begin to appreciate other things about them and other elements of them. So it's not just about, you know, the plot of it and what I don't know and what I can't figure out. But, like, there are other elements to things, right? So how beautiful they are. And then, like, digging into the writing, like, why was that so great? You know? But I think for a while I was just like, take me out of my life! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you want to make films? So I'm in a kind of... um, I'm in a TV show place. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of like the, like, episodic structure of things where i feel like a film like it's like you have to encapsulate something ideally in like 90 minutes you know some people they get really like bold and they're like do you know what this is three hours enjoy it and that that's madness to me but yeah so the the idea of like you know beginning something and ending it in 90 Mm. minutes as opposed to an exploration that could go on for seasons, I think it just sounds, like, so daunting. Yes. But I, I do like an ending. I like to know what the end is. Yeah. The, the, the fear with a TV show is if you don't know what the end is, if you're told, yeah, this could run and run, I go, oh, that mm, sounds mm. bad then. Well, how, long am, I, how long am I going to have to watch this? Hey, how long am I, and how long are you going to have to string this out? But, as we saw in the show Smallville, you can keep coming up with stuff. Did we see that? Yeah. As in, did I see that? You... No. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's about, like, Superman in a small town, right? It's about young young Superman and Lex Luthor. But but what impressed me is, I think it was nine seasons, and the end point is Lex Luthor and Superman are not going to be best friends anymore. Because they were, like, buddies. But they managed for nine years to keep... To be pals. To keep coming up with a little bit more. Here's a little bit more, but he still hasn't figured it out. Yeah. Very impressive. That's uh, good, bad stuff. Yeah. Tell me this. Uh, So you've just finished working on um, uh, The Toilet Niche, which I 
what yeah. every single episode of. And yeah, so incredible. what it's important to note is um, that's not what it's called. Right. What was it called? <laughs> <laughs> I've called it that for day one. <laughs> it's called Hello America. Hello America. Okay. AKA Toilet Nish. Um, and yeah, so it was a, a really nice uh, experience. Like, Nish is a lovely person to work with, and I think a lovely person to write for, especially as far as like topical, you know, mm. and like politically things go. Like, it's really nice to write for like a man of color who's not afraid mm. to be like, this is racist, because uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Just tell me, in fact, tell me this because people who listen to the podcast regularly, Nish Kumar is a regular on the podcast. He's been yeah. on more episodes than Bed Brambles. And, how can uh, you even? How could you do this a million times? We did end of year specials. We did stuff like that together. But the question I have for you, okay. having having worked on the brilliant Hello America on Quibi, tell us secretly what's Nish like as like a boss. I would say very similar to what he's like as a person, mm. which is like really nice. Do you know what I mean? Because I've worked with people. I know, right? You're hoping to it's get something a bit more juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, just quite a chill dude. Shame. And I, I was like, I was like, this guy's going to be a tyrant. And yeah. he re- he refused. He refused the entire time. I think... What I really respected about, like, the way that he was, like, managing the space, because, like, Mm. I want to be in charge of something one day. And so every person that I work with, work for, I try to, like, learn something from them. Um, And I think something that, oh, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate this. Mm. Uh, Something that he kind of showed was, like, how to be the leader of something and make everyone feel important, smart, you know, and equal Mm -hmm. in the space. And the team besides me, they'd work together on like the MASH report. They Mm -hmm. have like a similar, I mean, everyone's British and they have like a similar like interest. I hate politics. I now know more about them than ever. I also hate that now um, yeah so but i think um he did a great job of like keeping me in the loop so they would talk about some random british guy from the 80s i don't know who that is i wasn't alive then or here then uh and he'd be like by the way kima neil kinnick yeah ran for prime minister in 1987 and i'd be like oh thanks because I was like, am I a young, dumb, or American? That's always, like, I'm just like, why don't I know this? Just checking in with the three. Yeah, Um, yeah. And then you go, oh, young and American. (laughs) A relief. A relief. Tell me this, because I don't know this about you. Uh, You're from Texas, right? Yeah. And how long have you been here? And and when did you move? And I mean, that's the same question in a way. Yeah. They're similar, but different. Mm. Uh, I've been here for four years. September 2016 is when I came over. Did you come here for comedy? uh, I came here to dig into TV. Well, actually, I feel like that's the more, like, honorable way to put it, if you will. 
I came here because I was in L.A. before this, and my life was a fucking mess. Um, uh, it was just, I felt very directionless. I was doing a lot of what the kids call, I think it's called, like, candy flipping or hippie tripping. I don't know. It's when you do Molly and shrooms at the same time. Great combination. Uh, But, uh, like, I didn't really know anyone who was doing anything like I wanted to do. I had some friends in stand-up but they were doing what the kids call smoking a shit ton of weed. Right. right. Um, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Yeah. Are you familiar? And I can't say that I also was not doing that. I studied some improv out there, and that was lovely. But it just, I don't know, I just didn't feel like I was on the right path. And for me, structure has always been, like, quite helpful. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to school because I was like, I'd like to write shows and be in them. And I don't know about this industry at all. And I studied abroad in London before, which is how I knew that it was great. I also knew that it was far away from uh, my problematic family. You know what I'm saying? I was like, ooh, if you can't find a way to establish healthy boundaries, what you can do is move to another country. It's so smart. Um, It was brilliant. So brilliant. Uh, Still pretty effective. The time difference, it just throws everyone off. really helped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they go, they go, well, I don't know if I should call because I don't know what time it is. And I'm like, it was too late. That's what it was. It was too late. But yeah, so... It's uh, it's, It was really helpful. So I went to school. I dug into stand-up a bit more, graduated from a MA in TV program, realized that uh, I'm not meant to be on that side of production because I'm not a good office lady. But yeah, and it's just been a weird full circle. And I feel like, yeah, it was a great choice. I feel like I'm finally like where I'm supposed to be, and I'm proud of myself for... Uh, taking that leap you know also not candy tripping or hippie flipping but candy candy tripping hippie flipping sounds fucking brilliant in moderation in moderate in moderation okay yeah Uh, oh kima yeah i forgot to tell you something okay oh shit i'm terrified oh no oh no no Ah, I should have I should have said it before. Actually, I should have. Oh no! We've just been chatting away and having uh, a good time. Yeah, we enjoy. I'm certainly enjoying myself. But um, I've had this in my back pocket the whole time. I guess. Oh man! Uh, Do you know what? It's absolutely. When you hear it, you're going to be like, "It's so weird." You didn't open with that, and I I can't argue with that. Oh Um, man! Yeah. Come on, you gotta tell me. I'm dying yeah, no, over I should here. Tell you, I should tell you. I'm right. dying. Yeah, no, I should tell you. You're not just dying. You've you've died. You've died. That's huge. It's big. It's undoubtedly big. Yeah. How did well, you die? Ideally, not violently. Agreed. I feel like it's a sexy old death, right? Okay. So I'm in like my 80s, 70s, 80s, and. I, like a rich old white man, have had a heart attack 
by boning my much younger lover. Yes. Yeah, good vibes. Good oh, vibes. that's a lovely way to go. Yeah, so a kind of like uh, coming and going. Coming and going. Yeah. Like an old rich white man. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's the vibe. That's a beautiful death. That's my favorite yeah, one. I think so, because I think what? people don't think that ladies who are, you know, geriatric are, uh, you know, trying mm. to get it in. But I'm determined. How long had you been with your young lover? Well, it was after uh, a string of divorces. Okay. And so this was a kind of more recent love affair uh, because I, I go through them so quickly. Mm. And yeah. I don't listen. I don't want to say this. But the press certainly will. Was the lover with you because they loved you or for your money? It was a combo because mm -hmm. uh, I'm intoxicating, Agreed. right? Um, but also with the financial aspect, mm, you know. A double whammy. Yeah. And that's yeah. how you do it. You got to encircle them in mm. passion and desire. Yeah. Just a confusion of, of love and lust. And then drop yeah. dead underneath them. Yeah. And they That's can lovely. never move on. Well, because they're, they're stuck in a legal battle for a very long time trying to sort out the money from your yeah. will, I guess. Yeah, the estate. The estate is a Large nightmare. Large estate. Yeah. What a litigious nightmare that turns out to be. Because yeah. you've got how many kids who are also fighting over it? Um, so many. Because many. Um, at one point I get so rich mm -hmm. that I decide that what I want to do is do a lot of kind of teenage adoption things. Oh, so sweet. that people, like, I just want to get more people in on my will. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there are a, a lot of, like, kids, you know, out there. They're 16, they're 17, mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm not going to find a forever family. And I say, hey, I'm not a great mom, but I am rich. Yeah. So you can come be in my family. I'll send you to whatever you want. If you want to go to college or I'll just like invest in you and you can be my baby or not. But what you will be is a bit rich now. So you've had so many teenage adopted kids. Yeah. That your young lover, in a way, once yeah. they, they, if they ever do manage to divide up the estate, it's not actually that yeah. much. It's about 100 yeah. quid for each 100%. person. 100%. They haven't done uh, the math because they're a bit dumb. Yeah. It's a shame because they've sort of, uh, all of them, including the young lover, have kind of yeah. sort of gambled their entire future on your will and, and they each yeah. get 100 quid. Well, you know, that's not, that's not on me. Also, oh, that's not um, nothing. That's not nothing. They can yeah, have a, a lovely yeah, meal. Yeah, 100%. I'd say several meals. Yeah. Because they need to learn how to budget. Yeah. They could have like seven Nando's. Yeah. a lovely time. Yeah. They could go to Spain. Yeah. Once they get there, they'd be out of money. But <laughs> They can't do anything there. But the airport, right? They might be able to get like a, a, like a pastry and coffee. Classic yeah, thing that. to do in Spain. Doesn't happen yeah. anywhere else, but they could do that in the airport. And then just walk to the beach. I would do that. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope I'm one of your um, teenage adopted yeah. children when you die. I'd say uh, never too old to be uh, adopted as a teen. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, do you worry about death, Kima? I used to more. I think it does feel like this like looming dark thing, mm -hmm. right? But I think when I was younger, I was really, really concerned with it. 
um, and I, I don't know why, but there was one night where my dad was dropping me off at my grandma's house uh, to spend the night. And I was like, I don't want you to go because what if you die? Mm. And he said, and you could tell like, he was just really like thinking on his feet. He said probably the best and worst thing, mm. right? Uh, and he goes, hey, I'm not going to die for a long time. First of all, you don't know that. True. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Right. And he goes, how old do you now? And I say, eight. And then he goes, okay, well, I'm not going to die until you're 11 times eight. He just does math oh. at this point. He just does math. And he goes, I'm not going to die until you're 88. That is, that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. It's and possible. at that point. And then, so then, I, I was a bit soothed, but I just started, like, a countdown. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. What? It, it was just dad brain, and he was like, oh, shit, yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this. And he was like, well, I will die, but not today. Ha-ha, not today. Do you think yeah. he said the maths bit to kind of confuse you and hope that, it would keep your I brain busy. So. Eleven times eight, and you'd spend a week trying to work yeah, out what like, that was. Yeah, like, what is that math? Like, is that is that really eighty-eight? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was that's... weird. It was weird. But I say a bit less concerned. Is he still with now. us? May I ask? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so far, he's stuck to it. Because I'm not eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Those are the rules. At this point, he is obligated. I'd say probably legally. Mm-hmm. Definitely legally. So you say you stopped worrying about it so much? Is it because you're getting? You realize 88 is quite far away. I think it's a thought that I somewhat avoid. But then I realized, I think when I was younger, I I had this thought. It feels kind of egotistical. I was just like, I don't want to end. Mm -hmm. I don't want to end, which is a weird one. But I think as I started to think about like purpose a bit more, like what am I meant to be doing here? What am I doing? I feel more led by that and less afraid of dying. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, um, as long as I do or pursue what I feel like I'm meant to do, you know, then we're okay. But what's, I do, I think it's a thought I try to avoid, I guess. What's your special purpose? I feel like inviting others to heal through healing myself. And a part of that is self-acceptance uh, and self-awareness, right? And I think that um, until we acknowledge and own our, like, whole story, right, our whole life, uh, we're not able to truly, like, accept ourselves or be aware of ourselves. So just kind of a, a mishmash of that, I think. And I feel like... Um, Stand-up for me is a great starting place in that because um, my stuff, at least, is kind of about understanding myself and the world around me and kind of owning the weird and crazy shit that I do or that I am and kind of inviting others to see that, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I love yeah. this answer. You know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's around there and I think I'm always kind of zeroing in on it more and more um but yeah it's it's around that i think because 
I think just we're all sad little babies. Yeah, we are uh, sad little babies. Wrapped in like, like I think we're all just like vulnerable, sad little babies mm. wrapped in like society's conditioning, you know? Yeah. And when you meet someone and they're like really defensive or mean or maybe even like overly giving, you know, like underneath all that, it's just like a sad little baby. I totally, totally get that. And I have a thing where sometimes, I'm sure you have this, irrational disliking of people where it's like, I've got no yeah. reason why I don't like yeah. this person. And oh, like there's, yeah. there's someone at the gym who like, I've got yeah. no, literally no reason to hate it. He's done nothing. He's been, he's talked to people. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, there's mm-hmm. no crime, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. sickened by him. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then he's the, threatened your baby. Well, no, and then the other day I saw his baby. I saw okay, and, you and saw his little I'm, baby, and suddenly I'm like, I love him, and I want to protect yeah. him at all costs. Yeah, because I just saw it's his face. He was doing a stretch, and he saw got his sights. <laughs> he saw a dog, and he did this face. Like his face went all like a little baby when he saw the dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, did he love the dog? Was he yeah. afraid of the dog? He he was like kind of slightly in awe of the dog he was like there's yeah. a dog and i thought i yeah. love you and i hope yeah. you're all right and i can see you're just a sad little baby and i'm sorry it's that, that part you it's a weird knowing. one and it's always like a part of uh that for me is trying to understand my sad little baby better uh mm. because there are some people where i have that feeling about them and i go are you bad or am i bad yeah 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 you know and then sometimes the answer is like neither but just my sad little baby is perturbed by this person there's one person who won't uh like me the way i like to be liked who who doesn't talk to me and she doesn't talk to me bad but she doesn't talk to me how i like need to be talked to like i like to be affirmed and she just won't do it and it kills me it kills me and i i I can't tell I'm, i'm still like is this my fault or yeah. like, are you withholding? Or like, yeah. am I just, do I just need something from you that you're not meant and to give to me? probably they, they, without you knowing, remind you of your mum or your dad. And do you know what I mean? the thing. Do you know the, the, uh, the spot, it, you've got it? You know that phrase? No. So I think it's a thing from a recovery program, which is that if you... Particularly, and I think this with the guy at the gym, it's like if you if you hate someone or someone really annoys you and you're like that fucking mm-hmm. that fucking person, ninety percent of the time it's because actually they're like you. They yeah. what the thing that's annoying you is something you fear about yourself. Yeah. And so that's a question I'm always asking myself when when I irrationally hate someone. I'm like, why do I, is it because I think that they're the worst part of me? They're the thing I'm uh, afraid I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's just like, you go, you go, what's my deal? And then when you can't figure it out, that is the worst. Oh, it's the worst because I don't like to not like people. It makes me feel quite bad. And I, I don't know, but I think that's also problematic because you're not meant to really like, like everyone or like mm. love everyone. So it's just kind of, I don't know. But yeah, so digging into that and sorting that shit out, getting to know my baby and inviting other people to like get to know their baby because we're all just babies. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to find a baby. We're just babies, just find man. The baby. If you just find babies. someone difficult, look for their baby. That's what I say. Yeah, spot the baby. 
spot the have they got oh there's the baby. And sometimes yeah. it's just in their face when they don't don't know you're looking. A hundred percent when they when they when they see a dog. When they see a dog. Yeah. And sure, in the telling of this story I realised that I'm quite a creepy guy at the gym who's just staring at a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens at the gym, so I just assumed mm. that was very normal to do. Uh, just secretly hate someone across the gym. Yeah. That's what people do. Like, lifting, lifting and hating. Yeah, that's the gym. Yeah. That's how you push it up, right? Yeah. Like when you're like, I don't know if I have it in me. And you're that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation. Do you think there's an afterlife? It's a weird one. I can't, I can't really decide. I don't know. I feel like humans are so fucking basic. I just feel like we could be doing better, like, together, you know, in, like, this one. So when I think about, like, an after one, I'm stuck between the idea of us, like, coming back or us just going into, like, the earth. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, did trees used to be people? Yeah. Yeah. So stuck between that and the idea are trees like, are trees people who've been punished and frozen into trees? Now they're, they're trees. just standing there screaming at us, but we can't hear them. Yeah. Well, is it good or is it bad? You know. Yeah. And I think the like kind of heaven and hell thing. I feel like I feel like that's a bit too simple and weird. You know. Yeah. Maybe I just feel like that because of the good place. <laughs> 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 I was like, whoa. Ted Danson really turned my whole idea of that stuff upside down. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's not simple. Well, Kima, it turns out it is. There is a heaven. Oh, my God. Am I in it because I died? (laughs) Yeah, you're in it. And uh, it's got all your favorite stuff. It's got mushrooms. It's got MDMA. It's got music. Young it's, lovers, young are there young lovers? There's there's a stack of young lovers. There's teenage, oh, yeah. teenagers who want yes. to be adopted, but yeah, I'm not going to have sex with them. Not going to have sex with those ones. Yeah, there's every restaurant you could think of, and all the prices are 100 quid, which is all the money from they your have. will. Yeah, uh, but that replenishes. It's got it all. But in this heaven, they're obsessed, obsessed with film. Wow, obsessed with it. Oh my imagine? god! And they want to know them. about your life, but they want to know about your life through film. Wow! The first thing they ask you: What's the first film you remember seeing, Kima Bob? Well, well, first of all, Afterlife people, thank you for taking an interest. Oh, this is great! We've been following you for years. This is Huge great! Fans. Wow, oh, we're delighted because, to hear it, lad. You guys are, uh, you guys are a hoot. So, the first movie that I have supposedly seen was The Lion King. So I am told that my mother brought me to the movies as a baby. And though, yeah, what a controversial decision on her part. And though I don't remember that viewing, every time I watch it, and every time I have watched it since then, I do feel a kind of like significance of that, if that makes sense. So it does feel like the first movie I've ever seen, if that, you know what I mean? That's fucking great. What? So you were a proper baby. It's like a mother and baby screening or just a screening. Who even knows? I feel like she was like that bold woman Mm. who was like, let's take this baby to the movies. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. Did she say you were well behaved? Because I'd have issues with this going on. She didn't even mention 
my behavior bad or good. I don't know right, if she I'd cared. Like, I'd like to know the answer to that. Uh, yeah. what, a, what an opening movie. Let's call her up. Go on in, get her on. Yeah, why not? I think... I also I want to know if see. when, in the opening uh, sequence of the Lanking, when they hold up Simba, if she held if you she up. she also held me up. To the screen. Call her now, get her on. She's like, Kate Kima, you are the, you are a little baby. I want to see if this, yeah, so it did, it came out in 1994, and I was born in 1994, so I feel like I had to have been relatively fresh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're fresh. not going to call your mum? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, oh, okay. uh, Sorry, because of the time difference, it's just uh, because yeah, of the cool. time difference, yeah. That keeps paying off, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the film that made you cry the most? I would say... Call Me By Your Name hit me with huge tears at the end. Mm-hmm. In the fire. Yeah. I've, everyone's crying into the fire. So, like, the fire's burning. I feel like the fire lasts long enough mm-hmm. for you to, like... Like, he's crying into it. You're ne- you're just, like, mirroring him. You're just, like, crying back at him. You guys are having a bit of a tear contest. Mm-hmm. And the fire lasts for a long time, but it's, like, as long as you need it to. Then the movie goes off, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, love. It doesn't always go how, how you wish, but it can change your life forever. And then yeah. you go, I want that. And then you go, have I had that? And then you go, No. And then you go, now I'm going to cry some more for yeah. what is missing. Have you had that since? No. Hmm. Sad. Hmm. There's still time. Oh, you've got till you're 88, I think. Yeah, but ideally... That's how your fa- what have That's sort of genetic in your family, you'll die. Yeah, that's, that's, when, that's when it happens for yeah. us. That's when it goes down. But I feel like um, ideally it would have happened when I was like, you know, a sixteen-year-old mm. uh, boy at my like family home in Italy. You think it? Yeah, it would have been ideal with an older, sort of inappropriate. Yeah, older person. You go, hey, is this uh, is this age gap? Yeah, uh, incorrect. Is this is this is this naughty? But your mum um, and dad go, no, we encourage it. Positively no, it's cool. It. It's the eighties or nineties. Yeah. yeah. Do you cry a lot, Kima? Yeah, like I was thinking about this quite recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a special kind of, I think, relationship you have to have with people that you like watch movies with where you're comfortable. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I what I end up doing with some of uh, my friends is just that little off to the side where it's just like, wipe it. You got to give it a little, a yeah. little wipe. Um, whereas when I'm watching a movie with like my mom or my grandma, generally it'll like hit us all at like the same point. And then we're just like quietly, like <laughs> we look at each other and be like, <laughs> like I can always tell in a movie, like watching a movie with my mom when she's gonna do it, mm. you know, like, oh, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel when I'm going to cry. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> release. It's coming. It's coming, yeah. everyone. Oh, oh. Almost said release those tears. Oh, yeah. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. <laughs> what film scared you the most? I'm not a fan of horror or thriller. I don't like to be thrilled. Right. Um, you can do all the murdering in the world, but if you add like a thrilling element, I'm very uncomfortable. You just want cold, brutal murders without yeah. any suspense. No suspense. I can't take it. I'm too fragile. I think growing up watching, like seeing those like Nightmare on Elm Street, like Freddy Krueger mm. vibes, really unsettling, really unsettling. And like the idea of, of something like killing you in your sleep. Because how do you avoid that? You have to stay awake. What? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So now you can't sleep because mm-hmm. you might get killed in it. I think sometimes in the scary movies, it's like, don't go toward that sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in that, it's like, be awake all the time. Mm-hmm. You should see, uh, well, you shouldn't, Paranormal Activity. You ever seen that? No, the, I don't want to see that. Well, the message of that one is, don't go to bed with anyone else in your bed. Well, because kill in you? Activity, they might be sort of possessed demon while you sleep, standing mm-hmm. by the bed just watching you sleep. You don't want that. No, you don't. You What's up with actually. all this sleep death? Yeah. Because you're vulnerable, in it? Because you're vulnerable. Yeah, your brain is in a, a like, different waves. Yeah. And not everyone, I do, but not everyone sleeps with a, a weapon in hand. <laughs> what? What's the exact weapon? Just a knife. A right. butter. A butter one. So I probably shouldn't even admit that it's not that good, but... But that's better if you roll onto it. You're probably going to be right. But still got yeah, a Yeah, yeah, a bit of a, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Cool. I just got to hope I'm about to get murdered by butter. <laughs> and then that'll yeah. be good. Wow. So, okay, that's fascinating. What, what, what film is not critically acclaimed, most people don't like it, but yeah. you love it unconditionally? That's heavy feelings to mm. put upon such films. Right? Yeah. Unconditionally. Yeah. Whoa. That's big. Did you see uh, Movie 43? Oh, wow. Have you seen it? That is a huge and bold answer, and I respect you for it. I feel like some people are, like, not into it, weirdly. And I just think it's a silly mishmash of crazy things. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for it. I support it. I think it's really funny. I think it brings together, like, it gets so weird. I love, I love weird. Like, here's, like, the level of, like, acceptable weirdness. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ramp it up. Do you know what I mean? Let's take it. Boom. Okay. Uh, people are comfortable with the weirdness on seven, eight. 
I want to see it at 15, please. Um, you want to see it at 43. Yeah, it was on 43, yeah. which is just beyond. So I was here for that. Um, yeah, you got to see a lot of strange stuff. Since Hugh, Hugh Jackman have uh, bollocks on his neck or something. Yes, he did. He mm. did. There was a, a testicle neck thing going on. A fun moment with, like, parents uh, trying to give the kid, like, a high school experience or whatever by, like, bullying them, uh, which is just <laughs> so funny. fun. He's like They're, like, he's homeschooled. Hmm. Uh, and then it kind of escalates where um, they're trying to give him, like, romantic experiences or whatever, which is just fucking weird. Uh, and they have, like, neighbors over, and they're uh, describing to them how he has, like, a girlfriend. And then uh, he's like, oh, my girlfriend is here. And then it's, like, a face on a, a broom. And then they're like, uh, they're like, oh, what a pretty girl. And and, and he's like, thank you. <laughs> With the face. It's just fun stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like people hate things all the time, but critics mm. critics can suck my butt. That's what I tell them. Mm. But not if they're going to like that. Then yeah. I say, well, you're going to have to do something else. You're going to have to suck a different part of me. Yeah, that you, didn't, that you that don't want to suck. Yeah. yeah. How about that, critics? But whatever they have to do, it involves sucking. <laughs> that's the, that's the only way that you... just moving over different parts of your body yeah. sucking. Like, no, I'm yeah. still enjoying this. That's God right. Damn it. No, no, no. It's tough. Elbow? It's very tough. Suck my elbow. Knees. Knees. Oh. Yeah, that's tough. But it's the price. It's the price they have to pay. Yeah. What's the film that you used to love? You loved it. And then you've watched yeah. it recently and you've gone, oh, no. I don't love this anymore. So it's a... Uh... It's tough because I feel like there are things uh, politically that are supposed to not stand up, but mm-hmm. sometimes you could just let it go. So I feel like politically, Tropic Thunder might be one, but I still love it. Mm. So I'm not I'm not willing to let that go. When I was young, and just I don't want to be judged by you. I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to have you. it. I'm not going to have Did it. Did I judge so you for movie forty three? No. Don't you even try. I'm not. Gonna- um, I haven't, even, I haven't even started on judgment. So maybe I'm judging myself. Um, maybe you need to find the little baby in me yeah, that you yeah. think is judging you and That's wondering true. it's actually the baby inside of you yeah. that's judging yourself. Baby Inception, it is. Um, we know the uh, Scary Movie franchise, yeah? Yeah, I'm a, actually a massive fan of it. Well, that's tough. That's tough. So I think watching the first one, mm-hmm. I found it like so funny, right? Uh, I'm relatively young at the time, and the humor is just ha ha ha. And then you you, you look at them. I I don't remember which one it was. There was this whole like plot point around a guy at this I guess house that they're at having like a tiny hand. Oh, that's scary movie too. Yeah, that is. Yeah, um, that is a. And then you one. just go. Yeah, that's not a thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's it's not. And then I forget if someone like smokes. Maybe they uh, smoke a bit of a reefer, uh, and then they get like I don't know if they have sex with the weed or they have like a giant dick or something. But then there's like all this jizz, and you just go. 
Mm-mm. Also, something that they did, I think it was the first scary movie, was they had, like, I want to say Carmen Electra. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of those, like, hot ladies from the, like, 90s or whatever. Mm. She was running from, like, the murderer. And one of the things that was, like, the whole point of the scene is, like, her boobs are bouncing as she's, like, running. Mm-hmm. From, and, like, that just is, like, prolonged or whatever. And so I guess things like that, you go, well, this is a bit, I don't know. Yeah. I, not yeah. even, like, it's gross. Not even, like, it's misogynist. But I'm just, like, it's like there's not it, enough payoff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit immature. But, yeah, so I think those would be the ones where I'm, like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, and, and and now I'm just kind of like, all right. Kima, for the yeah. record, I don't judge you for that at all. Thank you so much. Totally that get it. That means a lot. Totally get I f- it. I feel lighter. Good. Yeah. Good. Kima, what is the film... Oh, my God. ...that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because yeah. the experience you had seeing it will always yeah. make that film special to you. There are kind of a lot, not to be like a lot of movies like this, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'm one of those people, music does it a bit more where it just take you to a place. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie kind of does that. So the first time I watched it, I was like uh, younger and I watched it by myself. This movie is Bring It On. What? Ah, great film. Bring It On. Bring you got to bring it on. Um, so the first time I watched it, I wasn't a cheerleader. I was a person watching a movie, and I was like, this is funny. I watched it later. I was a cheerleader. I watched it with my team, and I just understood it so much more. I felt connected to them and connected to it in a different way. And it was also, like, an interesting year because I was living in California with, like, my aunt that year who owned a, like, cheer company. And so I'm living... So this is a, like, kind of tumultuous year in my life. Cheerleading is happening. Something that I'd never previously been really into, but something that I kind of almost had to do. Uh, It was, like, the after-school activity, and we were always, like, at a cheer gym. So there was a lot of kind of, I guess, energy around this activity, which was the central theme in this film, a film that also had to do with, like, an outsider. I always kind of find those kind of interesting. Like, it had to do with a person becoming a part of this world which I kind of related to. Bring it on, baby. Classic. You are the, you are the first cheerleader I've ever met. Wow. I don't think I've ever met Do you know what? Even... That's probably not I, true. Yeah, before. I was going to say, because uh, the you, you know, you always carry a bit of spirit and pep inside of you. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you just kind of, you just kind of leave it. You just hmm. leave it behind, you know? That is, I mean, I've one. obviously got lots of questions about your mom and your auntie in that year, but... Uh... Yeah. Oh, I feel like it's a big one where mm. I think that is a part of my little baby mm. that I'm still kind of dealing with because um, I think just childhoods are crazy. How right? old were you in this, at this time? Uh, 10, 11. Okay, wow. Yeah, around there. But I think the part that my little baby is trying to 
like reckon with is how much it was for me to deal with Mm -hmm. because i think sometimes when adults are dealing with like big things heavy things like well at least i felt like i don't know i felt kind of like in the way or like an afterthought if you will um so it was just a weird year of kind of being like sent away uh for the best yeah being taken care of by my aunt who had always lived in California, whereas I'd always lived in Texas Mm. under such weird circumstances and no one really talking to me about how I feel about them. Then getting into, you know, this sport that I'd never really considered to be one being a part of a team, realizing that I'd not been very like physically active (laughs) Like, I was very much a, like, watching TV kid. So then being like, oh, my body can do this stuff. Like, that's crazy. That's very cool. But, yeah, so it was just a a weird fucking year, I think. And and none none of them have been like that. So I think because I lived there for that year. Mm -hmm. Then I, I went back to Texas, went back to my old school. But yeah, so that year was just kind of like a standout. And I think that's also why I have like an affinity for Los Angeles. Just yeah, like, because yeah. I got to know it in a weird way then. And I, yeah, grew up a bit. That, thank you. What is the film uh, you most relate to? Mean Girls, baby. Great. So Who are fun. you in Mean Girls? I am Lindsay Lohan. Classic Lindsay Lohan. You gotta be. And I think Mm. what I related to with that character, because around the time I saw this, I think it was like middle school. So the first chunk, I guess, of my life, the little chunk, Mm -hmm. was in a kind of more urban, but not really. I don't know what urban means. Is that like downtown? Do you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. like racist urban, which just means like vaguely like hip hoppy black. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like a suburb, but it wasn't like city. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I lived in an area. Um, I lived in an area. There okay, was an area. Okay. One of those areas. Okay. Yeah, it was an area. There were more black people in this area. And we moved from that area to like a legit suburb it was outside of houston and the school that i went to but even like so before when i was in the area i was going to a school it was a charter school uh and it was i I won't be like it was for like kids that were like gifted or something but i don't know it was a kind of mishmash of kids and i didn't really feel like i wholly fit in there Mm-hmm. Uh, then I moved to the suburb, uh, full of like white people of different, like social economic means. And there, I don't know. I feel like my social life as a like teenager was always kind of all over the place. Um, so I was in smart classes or whatever. So I had my group of friends there. Uh, we kind of identified, with that like that was a part of like who we were but then i was also like loosely 
in athletics, which is just when they rotate you through sports. Right, well, yeah. like at one point, they're like, you're going to do volleyball. Never got it. Never good at that. <laughs> then they're like, now it's basketball time. Never got it. Never get it. Now it's like <laughs> track time. And I was like, oh, never got it. But you have to do one of them. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up like running really badly. Then in high school, a lot of my friends were like in band. Uh, At one point, I was in, like, chess club. I don't know why. I was just looking for something to do. I don't remember how to play that. I got into theater later on, uh, and cheerleading was going on. And it was just a lot of kind of, you know, you always see those movies about, like, American high schools and how they have, like, the lunch tables that are, like, so divided and all these different things. And I kind of found myself fluttering from, like, these groups, Mm -hmm. like, from group to group. A social butterfly, if you will. I will. Um, But I think in all of this, there was that kind of pressure to fit in and that kind of like popularity thing. And I think through different phases, I did feel a pressure to be a part of like a cool group. And watching Mean Girls, it it kind of digs into how it's all bullshit, you know? And I really, really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's everyone's just a little baby, all the mean girls. Yeah, and conformity is insane. insane. Like, I love to this day when you see, like, teen girls and they uh, think that they're all original uh, because they've all decided to, like, wear the same outfit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you're, missing the, you're missing the thing. You're missing movie 43. Yeah, you're missing movie 43, the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you move up what's the sexiest film you've ever seen oh i think i want to go back i want to go back to call me by your name it would be a toss-up and i don't know why the sexiest films i've ever seen are like one gay movie or another gay movie okay what's the Down other one here. uh blue is the warmest color that's the one right right and there's yeah. this uh, there's controversy around both of them, whatever. I mean, I grew up with a male gaze. Yeah. So And the people are like, blue's the warmest color, male gaze, male gaze. And I'm like, lady gaze. Yeah, I think just like the tension, right? Mm. And I think whenever there's like... Uh, like stuff going on with the person's like identity and what they like they can't admit that they like desire something i think that kind of tension i really enjoy but yeah hot movie i just love an extended sex scene as well i'm just kind of like yeah 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 i'm picking that one over call me by your name yeah yeah what um keep it up there's a subcategory to this question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Troubling boners, worrying why dons. Yeah. What's the uh, film you found arousing, but you thought perhaps you shouldn't? Hey, is this bad? Um, <laughs> that's tough because I'm a I'm a horny I'm a horny little creep. Yeah. You're a horny okay. little creep. No, it's yeah. Shame. Yeah. It's just it's just the facts. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm not supposed to find this hot. I'll do two of them, but I think right. we are supposed to find them hot. I'm confused by it. One would be Hell's Moving Castle. Right. Uh, cartoon vibe. Yeah. Anime vibe. I'd say maybe anime light. I don't know. I don't know much about the genre. 
so Hal is like the main like dude, and I think we are supposed to find him hot. Maybe not as much as I do. And I think what bothers me about finding him hot is like the voice is Christian Bale, mm. and that's just disturbing to me. That is disappointing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's just a hot ass cartoon. Yeah. What's the so other? Hot. What's your other option? Edward Scissorhands. Oh. That's hot as fuck. Right? Okay. I get yeah. confused sometimes. I'm like, is this supposed to be hot? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it's a passionate film about a man with scissors for ads. Yeah. And that's that's worrying just because what is he going to do with those hands? You know? Well, I, I think the thing with Edris' hands, which I love with all my heart, there is always the question of why at any point did the man who made him Give him scissors for hands. Yeah. Like one scissor. Like if he was like more of a Swiss army knife and had different yes. options. Yes. Yes. Because they were practical, right? You go. Yeah. Yeah. You have one scissor and then maybe have a screwdriver and a yeah. toothpick yeah. on one. But all scissors. Uh, a wine seems... opener. Ooh. Yeah. Exciting. All scissors yeah. seems. Yeah. It's weird because odd. like. He loves him, right? He like misses yeah. his father or whatever. But also you're like, that guy was fucked up. Uh, yeah, that guy gave He could have easily scissors. gave him regular hands. He was just about to. Yeah. Yeah, it but is, then he like, died and killed him. Yeah, he yeah. Died. It's a yeah, it's a heavy one. And I guess the reason why I go because he he just seems like so like vulnerable and mm. you go, are you supposed to be attracted to this person, this being, it's you a know? Vulnerability. He just like I don't know. Well, he seems like you're just like, is he okay? Mm. Well, he has and got should... scissors for hands. Yeah, so maybe not. <laughs> That's a lot to deal with. I'd like to have seen him go to therapy at the end of the film and just yeah, just address the fact that there's probably some residual anger to his creator. Yeah, he loved, he loved totally. Such a complicated relationship. Yeah. yeah. Objectively, what's the greatest film of all time? Tough. So I told you up top, not a person who has a favorite film, mm. right? I will tell you a film that I really, really enjoy that I don't think enough people know about. Uh, The Best Little Horror House in Texas. Oh, Dolly Parton. Love it. Burt Reynolds? Yep. So I think what I love about it is it's like old. Yeah. There's that element where I think it might be uh, 70s, 80s, something like that. I think so. Um, And Dolly Parton is uh, the madam, if you will, of uh this brothel and it's like a it's a musical it's a musical set in a brothel you know Burt mm. Reynolds is like this police officer who like is in love with her you know and he's trying to look out for the girls the girls I love the girls they have their stories and songs and there's dancing and I just I think uh I saw it when I was quite young and I think any movie with like that kind of like a kind of forbidden theme if you will uh Hedwig and the Angry Inch mm. vibes like any movie that has to do with like sexuality or like taboos if you will that explores that stuff but embraces them, I think is something that I've always really enjoyed. Yeah. I love it. I love that. It's, it's a never good come one. up on this podcast. It's a good one. What's the film you can or have watched the most over and over again? I'd go 
super bad, I'd go bridesmaids. Ooh, what type of whammy? Yeah, I, I really love silly things. I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I enjoy comedy. I like it. This has come as a bit of a shock, but okay. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, and so super bad ignites the teen boy within. Mm-hmm. There's a baby in me, but there's also a teen mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. <laughs> a teen boy that you'd like to adopt? Yeah. Mm. And I want to say, hey, I'll help you get a fake ID. Yeah. I think, like, just the the humor in both of them is so delicious. That brings me to my other question, which is, yeah. what's the film that made you laugh the most? What we do in the shadows. Is it? Do you know what? I could probably watch that a million times, you know? Do you watch I the TV love, show? It's so funny. Not in its blah, 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 blah. I can't figure out how to watch things here. Not yeah. in its entirety. So I watched a couple episodes and I dug it. I think I missed Jermaine. Right. I missed that presence. And I missed uh, the the YTT. Mm. The YTT of it all. But I did I did enjoy the show. I can never figure out how to watch things uh, from inside the UK. Mm, it is tricky. We don't like to be negative. We'll be quick. What's the worst film you ever saw? Really mean. There was a movie that I was uh, watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate watching, if you will. At Halloween. And it is a movie called Bones. It is from 2001. The graphics are really bad. And it is about... <laughs> the ghost of a neighborhood. He like haunts this neighborhood. His name is Jimmy Bones and he is played by Snoop Dogg. And yes, he, Jimmy Bones he, with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And he sometimes uh, manifests as like a dog. And it was just, it was just really bad. It was just really bad. So bad that it was good. And it wasn't a comedy, but we were all laughing. There was a phase of about 10 years where Snoop Dogg was making horror and pornography. Is that right? I don't know about the He was making Snoop Doggy Dogg's doghouse or something, and it was... I I must find out about it, but that sounds like a combo. He was like, if I'm going to make films, what kind of films would I love to make? That's heavy. That's deep. I'll have to check that. That's beautiful. But yeah, Bones, I would say, recommend also a, a bad goodie. Reefer Madness. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so stupid. It's great. This is the public service film. Yeah. It's from maybe like the 30s or 40s, some shit like that. And it's like, these are young teenagers. They're good kids. Nothing's wrong with their life. And then they try a reefer. And like by the end, they're like dead and pregnant and all sorts of shit. (laughs) It's amazing. That sounds fun. Um, It's a good one. Kima Bob, you've been phenomenal. Thank you. However, when you were 88, which is genetically when all members of your family die, which was a warning, I guess. Yeah. I think you suspected because you were like, it's happening at some point this year. Yeah, you filled out your will. And in your will, you'd left 100 quid to all your adopted teenage kids, all your former lovers, but which by this point was a shit ton. Yeah, so many. You're in bed and your four-poster bed is a massive bed because you're very wealthy. And there's a young lover on top of you riding away. You're having a lovely time. And they're very good at this, by the way. 100% so good that I'm uh, transported. 
you're transported not just out of your body but to the other side and yeah. you come and you die and yeah. your young uh, your young lover steps up you like oh my god i think i've i've killed her yeah i rush over what's happened the lover goes i think i think i killed her i go no no how old was she and the lover goes hey, 88 and i go that was don't the time. worry don't worry about it yeah. you're fine i i've brought a coffin because i i've been watching the clock i was like it's about time yeah i brought a coffin. you understand what dead o'clock is yeah but the coffin is the size of you and you're not the size that you were because your young lover has absolutely <laughs> come on absolutely you're there's let's just say there's uh sex ephemera all over you yeah and it's scary movie levels of uh, yeah ephemera yeah and uh which is a lovely thing that's um, how i want to go that's how i want to go but it's <laughs> it's it's increased the size of you quite significantly yeah the surface, even the though i was area. pounded to a pulp you were pounded to a pulp but then built up by the amount of yeah effluvia <laughs> yeah phenomenal so, yeah look at your vocabulary yeah you're finding so many ways so many ways to say yeah. jizz or juice jizz and juice yeah as, as snoop dogg once said sipping on jizz and juice yeah uh, laid back so i've come in right i've i've got to chop you up because yeah. you're not going to fit in the in the coven as you are luckily there's a butter knife under your pillow where you always. always keep it. So get the butter knife. Me and your young lover just chop it. It takes a while, man. This butter knife is not very sharp. But I'm having yeah. to stab it in and pull it. Put uh, it. Not a great decision, but yeah. you know, it's just that's how I lived and how I died. Yeah, she died as by she the lived. knife. By the, by the butter knife. Anyway, I managed to chop you up. I stuff you in the coffin. It's packed. Yeah. It's packed. It's jammed. There's really only enough room in this coffin for one DVD that I can slip into the side to wow. send you to the other side and on the other side wow. it's movie night every night and one night it's your movie night what film are you going to take to show everyone when it's your movie night in heaven i think i might bring a uh, watchman with me what a lovely choice i think so it's long so we'll get a time to hang out mm-hmm. at some point you know you get violence you get space yeah a bit of space. you get superheroes you get a sex sequence in a robotic owl. Mm-hmm. You get a Rorschach being so strange and he's just so broody. He's like, I think I'll better everybody. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd have a bit of that, you know. Excellent choice. Kima, uh, before you leave us, is there anything you'd like to tell anyone to look out for or to watch or to listen to? I would just want people to listen to their hearts. Kima, Bob, you've been wonderful. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. You, you too. Good night and good day. Good night. <laughs> and good night. Yeah. That was episode 122. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and videos with Kima. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and instead of writing about the show, write about the film that means the most to you and why. Have a look over there. People keep doing it. It's lovely to read. Often makes me cry. Helps with the numbers. It's really appreciated. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Kima for doing the show. Thanks to Scrooby Spip. 
and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another brilliant guest. I don't think I'm going to say who it is next week, but it's another smasher. You know it is. I hope everyone is well. And that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Right. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen.